Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. Um, a happy Friday for those of you that have had a long week, as I'm sure most of us have. We're almost at the weekend. Um, my name is Roger Savage. I'm a development officer at SAVS. We've been co-facilitating these um, kind of community engagement sessions with the council and the NHS. I'm supported today by Emma and Simon, if you can give us a wave both. There we go. They'll be working behind the scenes to help put any information, useful information and links into the chat area. So if you keep an eye on, on that, um, that's great work that they do, so thank you. Um, these sessions are all about us sharing up-to-date local information about COVID um, and the COVID response here in South End. And it's also an opportunity for us to hear about what's important to local groups and residents and how we can all work together to try and keep everybody safe and well during these different difficult times. Um, we are recording this session because we've started to release audio recordings for those that can join us. If you do speak at all and would like to be edited out, that's not a problem. If you just let me know, um, we can take you out of the recording. In terms of the structure, we're going to hear from Krishna, the Director of Public Health. He'll be giving us an update of the current situation in South End. And then what we'll do is we'll open up to the room for everyone to ask any questions. But also what we've been doing recently is hearing from people about their experiences um, and any feedback, feedback they have of, of kind of living with COVID in South End. And we'd really welcome anyone who'd, who'd like to kind of put forward their thoughts or experiences to take part in that um, part of the session as well. If you do have any questions, because there's quite a few of us on the call today, it might be best if you can type them in the chat and we'll get to them as soon as we can. Or if you'd prefer to ask via the video, if you can just raise your hand, either your real hand or your virtual hand, we'll come to you as soon as we can. So I'm gonna hand over to Krishna now, if that's okay, Krishna, for your update. Lovely, thank you, Roger, and uh, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, Hello, Krishna. A slightly sunny day, which is good to see. I don't think we've seen the sun the whole week, have we? So it's nice to see that. Although there are potentially some snow coming, I believe, uh, over the weekend. So Yay. careful out there, I never going out. So, uh, so quick update. Um, so some um, some really good news for us. Um, although you know, um, as we are. All we're saying we've got to be cautious here uh, because um, the, the this is uh, it is important we keep uh, to what we are doing to help bring the rates down. So our rates are going down. So uh, the rates published this morning uh, suggested now that we have reached um, just below 250 per hundred thousand. So we've um, moved out of the very high risk area into into the higher risk uh, area in terms of number of rates. Uh, so obviously it's the first time. Uh, since the first week of um, uh, of December, so it's uh, you know the, this is really um, a testimony to all the hard work people are putting locally in supporting us, uh, not just with keeping to the rules um, uh, in the lockdown situation, but also in in uh, in keeping to those uh, you know the, the motto uh, of um, face uh, hands and uh, sorry hands face and and space. So this is going and going to remain uh, one of our main, uh, you know, uh, tool in, in fighting uh, the the uh, this uh, this you know really difficult uh, challenge we face with the pandemic. 
So it's, um, I think it's important we remember that. Um, so also what is starting to show some sign of uh, recovery for us is um, the, uh, the hospital. So the hospital was at its uh, maximum capacity and required additional support from the whole system to support them uh, with hospital discharges and managing uh, staff shortages as well. Uh, so we are now seeing uh, a, a slight reduction in, in, in daily admissions. Um, as well as the, in the uh, number of people uh, who are staying, uh, which is obviously good news for those who are waiting for other uh, surgeries in hospital uh, in, in us starting to help recover that position as we go forward. So as I say, we are still not out of the woods. Um, we expect rates to remain high in, in the hospital for at least a few more weeks, uh, not least because obviously with the new technology and new medication, uh, people are staying in longer in hospital to recover and hopefully we've been able to help save their lives as well so that's uh, that's been very positive so some some positive news here for us uh, obviously we, we still get to wait um, to see what um, the the proposal will be nationally in terms of uh, when we will um, start um, exiting the lockdown and start looking at um, some uh, easing of the restrictions uh, so what is being proposed currently is that we're likely to hear more about this uh, around the 22nd of February, when uh, I suspect the Prime Minister will uh, announce uh, what, what the next step will be going forward. Obviously, we're keeping a very watchful eye on, um, on our rates, uh, not just here, but across the whole of, of Essex, because it will have an impact on, on how we will uh, exit into whatever tiers or whatever system that will be in place um, when, when that decision uh, is announced. Uh, so um, what uh, I would say is um, the, the vaccine is here, yes, um, but must remember the vaccine is not a silver bullet. The vaccine is here to do two things. The first thing we know for definite is the vaccine is going to help those people who do catch the virus um, to, to have a good response to it. Um, and be less ill as a consequence of that. That, that is really what, what the vaccine is here for. The vaccine is not going to cure the virus. Um, it's here to help fight the virus uh, when, when you do acquire the virus. And the second thing is what we are hearing more and I'm hoping to, um, to see more information coming out. Obviously it's a new vaccine and we're still waiting for, for a lot of, um, uh, of um, if you want information about the efficacy, how, um, how useful it is, uh, not just in terms of preventing ill health, but also how it can prevent uh, the, the spread of the virus uh, by reducing the number of viruses, if you want, in, in how people contract the virus. So it's important that we look at that, we call that viral load. So, uh, so that's really some good news really here, is how we can add it to our, our armory of fighting off this, uh, this challenging uh, battle with the virus. So the, uh, the other one is um, obviously um, in regards to um, the, the, how we, we use testing uh, to prevent uh, us seeing a, a, another increase in infection rate because you know we all don't want to be seeing the rates going up again. So it is important that um, we, uh, we use the testing facilities we have as much as possible. All of my colleagues will be putting some of those here. Uh, so in terms of testing, uh, we've got two types of testing. One is about uh, testing for uh, um, the, those people who are showing signs and symptoms. So uh, we've got uh, three testing sites uh, still providing those. Uh, likely to have a fourth one coming back at Hamlet Court Road. Uh, 
Um, and we've got three different sites, uh, one, one in Shubri, one in uh, yeah, Belfast, and one in the town centre, uh, providing fast testing, which is the lateral for device testing, LFT testing, uh, which again, as you know, we'll, if you're testing for those asymptomatically, so you've got no signs and symptoms, uh, you will get a result within an hour of, of having undertaken the test. So for that part, the asymptomatic testing, we are advising people to at least take one test every week uh, if um, they've not had the symptoms uh, in the last 90 days. Um, obviously, uh, the more we test, the more likelihood it is we're going to reduce uh, anyone who may uh, unfortunately have the virus but not showing any signs, so they do not transfer it back into the community or to their loved ones. So it's important we, we use those facilities as much as possible. And, uh, and I'm working with a lot of our community leaders, uh, our faith groups, uh, our elected members. So today I spoke to um, one of the MPs, uh, James Dudridge, um, and he's going to help support this as well. So he's um, going to work with us on making sure that he takes part as part of this testing round as well. Uh, so it is, it is here. Um, what is important, he has to remember, no dissimilar to the flu, like the virus, is, uh, is going to be here and is going to stay with us. We will be finding better and better ways uh, of having the most and most uh, effective and improved uh, uh, vaccination program as we, we learn more about, about this one, like we've done with the flu. As you know, the flu jab has been very effective in preventing people being seriously ill. Uh, from, from catching flu. So we will be the same with this virus. So now it's about adapting. How do we adapt and, and, and start rethinking what, what people refer to as uh, the new way of living? You know, how do we do that? And testing for the time being is going to have to be part of this as a regular uh, occurrence in our life uh, because it will help us not being where we have been with very high rates, inability to cope, going into lockdown. And, you know, none of us want any of these things. We want to try and find a way to live with um, certain rules that will help us manage those and hopefully see the restrictions on our daily life uh, change uh, and, and withdrawn in, in, in coming months ahead. So, so there are key things for me. Um, just one of the things around vaccination. So um, I, uh, in the last two weeks, we've started to, the Data Public Health have started to receive data uh, which is one informing us on uh, the, uh, the coverage, so how widespread the vaccination program is reaching. Uh, so I can identify if there are any gaps and what I need to be doing and to advise on those gaps. But also um, what are the groups that are finding it difficult and there's a level of hesitancy in, in taking up the vaccine, how we can work with them through different communities, through these events, through your support, um, to try and encourage people to, to get the vaccine uh, as soon as possible. So, so these are the key things from me. So I'm happy to stop there, uh, take any specific questions or any wider questions people may have around uh, the, the pandemic and anything else that you feel we should be doing that we haven't thought about would be really, really helpful. Thank you. Thanks, Roger. Thank you very much, Krishna. Lots of positive things in there. And um, just before we move on to questions, I can... Just want to remind you that Simon um, and Emma have both been putting lots of useful links and information in the chat. If you haven't used the chat before, there's a button at the bottom of your screen um, in the middle that says chat and it will open it up for you at the side, it should be on your right hand side of your screen. Um, and following on from this call today, I will also send everything out to you all as emails as well. So thank you, Emma and Simon for that. 
Krishna, the first question is from Peter um, about the vaccination centers. And he asks, Shubri Vaccine Center has been closed for a while and nobody seems to know why. We were then told it was open and members transferred appointments for vaccinations from Cliffs to Shubri at the weekend. Then we were told it had closed again. Any updates, please? Yeah, so I, I am waiting for, for an update on this. Uh, I had the, a similar question asked uh, uh, this morning as well. Uh, I know last time it was closed, it was because they had run out uh, of vaccine. Uh, as you know, the vaccine is uh, uh, delivered on a regular basis at different sites. Uh, we've got currently uh, seven sites uh, offering vaccines in, in, in South End. So five across different GP practices, right from the west to the east. Of, of the um, uh, of the borough and one uh, obviously has the cliff um, uh, theater which obviously opened um, yesterday as well as the uh, the hospital so uh, so I will need to check on why it's closed again because I'm understanding whether they're going to be staying open there are times they would close if they decide um, they uh, they plan to go out into care homes or people who are housebound so the the staff need to oh right. Sorry, if somebody talking at the same time. Was that question? Sorry, did I miss something? No, I think it was a mistake, Krishna. I'll pop them on mute. Okay, okay. So, so that's it. So, if there is anything different, I will update Roger. As soon as I'm waiting to get an answer today because I've had uh, somebody else who's asking the same question as well. Thanks, Krishna. Um, Peter and everybody else, there is a new website that's been launched by the NHS. Simon's put a link to it in the chat there. Um, it's essexcovidvaccine.nhs.uk so there might also be some additional information for you there but as Krishna said I'll make sure that that message gets sent out as soon as we have confirmation thanks for your question Peter the next question is from Katie again about vaccination centres once the cliffs gets going properly will the smaller vaccination centres be shut down seems a shame if that happens yeah, so they, there has been a decision as to what will happen in terms of the vaccination centres. Uh, but we are aware that by running those vaccination centres in those five um, uh, centres currently, or GP-run uh, vaccination centres, uh, it is putting a lot of pressure on GP services. Uh, so we will need to think about how we balance this going forward. So there are still discussions going on nationally around what we should be doing locally. And uh, we only recently, actually two days ago, uh, the, the government had written to the Directors of Public Health and, and the local uh, council to advise that we should be thinking about how best to do this. Because remember, by the time we finish uh, the, the, the first round, then the second round of the vaccine, we'll be entering the season for flu immunization, which will be starting in September. So be roughly hitting that same time so there's going to be a huge challenge. So funny enough, um, we started the flu vaccination program meeting. Normally we start them in May. We started them uh, this week, actually. I had the first meeting to start planning how we bring those things together and how best to deliver the vaccine uh, locally. So we will look at all the challenges we will need to face in doing what we need to do. But currently, there is no proposal about changing what we have um, in, in, uh, in South End. Thank you, Krishna, and thank you, Katie, for your question. Alex asks, is the Shubri Vaccination Centre the Salvation Army site? It is. It is, yeah. I did know that one, but I thought I better stick to questions and you stick to answers, Krishna, otherwise this could go wrong. Thanks for that, Roger. 
Um, the next question is from Bradley. Is there a better vaccine as some seem to be more effective than others? Yeah, I think there are some slight differences in how effective a vaccine is. I mean, different manufacturers will, will use different technique uh, to, to develop a vaccine. But, you know, more or less, uh, they're all between what we say between 80-85% um, uh, efficacy uh, for a vaccine. And there are one or two that I've, I've heard are, are over that uh, percentage. I think one is 92%. Uh, I think it's the I think it's the Russian one that was recently evaluated, um, but you know we we have got what we got. Um, I think um, any vaccine that is over eighty percent um, efficacy uh, is really good. Uh, I think this is about remember it, it is there to help our immune system respond better. So I I'm, I'm not going to be choosing which vaccine we use or not. I think we've got to use anything that gives us this over eighty, and we are doing that currently. Thank you, Krishna. The next question continues on the topic of vaccinations. Alex asks, when will vaccinations of the 65-year-olds begin in Shubriness? So if there are no um, challenges with the supply of the vaccine, uh, as you know, um, we are aiming to finish all those over 70 and in the higher uh, extremely vulnerable groups and the care workers uh, and, uh, as well as the health workers. So this is anticipated to finish by uh, well, we say the 15th of, of, of February. Uh, I suspect then soon after that, we'll be start uh, tackling those who are 60 and 65 as well. So it's, uh, that, that is the plan. And I know on one of, the, uh, um, one of the websites we have, it gives you um, how the groups are in, in effect, uh, where, how they, they're categorized. But I expect that's where it will start, but that's assuming there is no disruption in the, our current uh, program to get the first four groups and those other groups done. Thank you, Krishna. And I can see that Simon's also put um, a poster link in the chat, which shows all of the priority groups for the vaccinations. Thank you for that, Simon. The next question is from Peter. We have many elderly members that are completely self-isolated and not going out. Should this group also go and get tested? Well, if, if, if people are not going out, um, and they're not receiving any visits at home, uh, then there is no need because obviously you're not going to be contracting the virus. Uh, you know, the virus needs a, a host to bring it to you or you to go and pick it up from, from somewhere else. So I would say, you know, only realistically for people who are going out uh, is what I would advise that you do that. Or if you're receiving visits at home, then there is a slight risk that somebody could be asymptomatic, no, not showing signs and coming into your own. So that, that is where you need to think about. It's, a, it's down to your decision what you feel is, but if you're just staying at home, there's no risk, then there's no need for that. Okay, brilliant, thank you. We've got a couple of really nice comments about the testing process in Southend, which I'll just read out. One of those is from Katie. She had a test at Shubri this week, all very well run, so well done. Thank you for that, Katie. And then um, something similar from Peter. All those that have had a test or vaccine have had nothing but praise for the service and experience they received, which is great to hear. And thank you for those comments. Pat has also said, had first jab Saturday. Oh, I thought this was a praise. This is a question. Um, a question from Pat. She, Pat had first jab on Saturday. When should I get a test? 
first job on Saturday. So yeah, it's it doesn't really matter whether you had a job or not. Um, you know, as I said, um, the, the vaccine is there to prevent you getting ill when you catch the virus. So, you know, you getting the, the, the vaccine is not going to stop the virus coming to you. What it will do is your immune system will be better prepared to defend you against the, 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 the virus coming onto you. So, so yes, I think um, it, it doesn't matter when you go and get tested. It uh, test if you haven't had a test in the last seven days, then go and get tested. Brilliant, thank you, Krishna. The next question is from Jacqueline. After the 15th of February, when slash if we have achieved the vaccination of the first four priority groups, are there any plans to pause the program before moving on to the next groups of nine or will you keep going? Hopefully you will. There is no stopping, I'm afraid, Jacqueline. Um, this is a massive program. Taking a day off is not an option. Uh, so we carry on as it is. If we can do more people, you know, every day we will do that. We, we've trained so many people to be jabbers. It's so great. So many people have come forward to volunteer, but it's just getting the vaccine. You can imagine how many millions of vaccines we're trying to do every day. Thank you, Jacqueline, for that. The next question is from Veena. As they plan to open the school soon, surely the teachers' vaccination should be a priority. Apart from the travelling to work, there is interaction with colleagues, children and parents. I don't disagree with that, Vina. Uh, so as a matter of fact, um, we, we have raised this issue uh, a number of groups we've actually asked to, to be reconsidered suddenly in the next group, uh, for five and six. Uh, we haven't heard a definitive position on those. So we are going to carry on uh, putting this on the agenda because if... Um, we want to bring the schools back. Let's just assume uh, most or some of the schools come back on the 8th of March, which is the date, as you know, being, being mentioned currently. And I think it will be the right thing for us to think about the risk of spreading. Uh, if Certainly, as I said earlier, if, if the vaccine is going to help reduce the level of spread, even more reason not just to save people's life and protect them, but also reduce the spread, I think that I would like to think there will be some consideration nationally on that. We can only inform that, that dialogue, so we're waiting to hear. Brilliant, thank you. The next question is from Christopher. How should someone vaccinated notify reactions to the vaccine, please? Well, ideally, when you receive a vaccine and if you have a reaction, it will happen within the first 15 minutes. This is why when anyone receives a vaccine, they have to stay in uh, that little area outside, observation room, we tend to call them. Uh, for at least 10 to 15 minutes uh, so that there's a reaction we, we, we can uh, we can identify then the clinic, clinical staff who are watching and observing can uh, respond. Uh, if something is happening outside after you've left, uh, ideally I would suggest you ring your GP and talk to them. Thank you, Krishna. Christopher, um, Emma's also put a link in the chat, which is a leaflet for what to expect after your vaccine. That might have some useful tips in there as well for you. But thank you very much for your question. The next question is from Lynn around the testing sites. Why was Hamlet Court test site closed? Is it open again? And is it likely to close again at short or no notice? Uh, so we, we closed Hamlet Court Road because Hamlet Court Road uh, testing site was given to us um, in, in December because we had hydrates. Uh, it was a military uh, redeployment uh, vehicle. And uh, so we, we kept it longer to, than, than planned, to be honest, because we we're supposed to go back on the 12th of January. 
Um, so with negotiation with Department of Health, we kept it as long as possible. Unfortunately, we had to um, allow it to go to a couple of urgent uh, sites for testing people because they had some concern in some areas. So I agreed uh, to, to release it while we had the capacity. So what I know, I may be mistaken, but I know Katie is on. Um, I believe the Hamlet Court Road is returned yesterday. Am I correct? Yeah. yeah. That's right, nine till three, it's open now, seven days a week. Lovely, so we have received Hamlet Control back. Uh, for the time being, we were advised this week that uh, it will stay. So we're quite surprised actually, because we have got, uh, uh, per, per, per head of population, currently Southend have got the most testing sites, uh, both LFDs and PCR uh, than the rest of East of England. Uh, so, uh, so people must use them. Uh, whether they will go a short notice, because it's a mobile unit, if there are real serious issues, then it may happen. But what we were reassured yesterday is on top of these additional units that have come in, including Hamlet Court Road, there are now eight uh, strategic reserve, uh, so mobile testing unit in reserve, should they need to be deployed for emergencies. But if it does happen, obviously, because it's a, a mobile unit, I will do what is necessary to support others as well. But I, I am not, I've got no concern in terms of capacity. My colleagues will tell you we are way, way over capacity and actually it's underutilized across the whole system currently. So that's why we need people to use them. Thank you, Krishna. And for your question, Len, and for your comments, Katie. Jane asks for your comments, Krishna, over concerns, re the efficacy of the AstraZeneca vaccine in over 65s. Yeah, this is interesting because uh, the only paper I saw came from Germany and, and yet um, the European Union has endorsed the use of AstraZeneca uh, for the over 65. Uh, so now it will be down to the German uh, government to make that decision. So the reason why, so what I read in the paper and I, I understand the, why, why they, they, they're talking this way. So when you're testing a vaccine, you're going to be testing a vaccine on people who are very healthy. Obviously, you don't want to take a risk with people who are not, not well. So these people are clearly going through a screening program to make sure there is no, there's minimal risk to them because obviously you're not, you know, you're using them like guinea pig, if you want, in terms of doing this test. Um, so in trying, in the trials and, and the testing for the AstraZeneca vaccine, uh, they did not use people over the age of 65 to do so. And uh, but there was no reason that um, there, there should be any disadvantages of not testing it on people over that age. Uh, so we know, as you already know, um, we have now over 85 percent, if not actually 90 percent of those over the age of 80 have been uh, immunized and, and it's been well received. So there is no concern at all with the vaccine. But we understand why they've said that in the research, but it's been approved in the EU as well. Brilliant, thank you. And thank you for your question, Jane. The next question is from Jacqueline um, regarding the airport. So she says, Southend Airport and domestic passenger flights. Currently, I'm aware of many overnight cargo flights, but not of passenger flights. Are there still people flying into Southend Airport? And if so, how are we testing, tracking and tracing and now quarantining them? I, I am not uh, aware if there are people currently flying from Southern Airport, but Southern Airport has got a, uh, their own testing service there. Uh, it actually opened uh, in, in during the, the lockdown in, in November. 
So, so that service is there. So there is currently no quarantining in the UK and that is not going to start until the 15th, if I'm not mistaken, of this month, um, because the government had made a decision that he needed to have the whole service ready to run before he can formally legislate for that, because you can't just put legislation in and then there is no support, support service for it. You know, otherwise it would cause a lot of, uh, of confusion. So quarantining is not currently happening. So, so for you, for those who have been uh, to high risk areas, uh, especially like Brazil or South American countries or South Africa or other country, countries that are on the list of, I think it's 22 list, uh, 22 countries currently, they, uh, they are advised and they have to fill a special form uh, when they arrive in, in, in the country. And uh, they advise they have to stay at home for 10 days with their families. And that is the way we are doing this informal quarantining before we bring in the more formal one. Thank you, Krishna. Jacqueline, if um, you need any more information, maybe drop me an email and there might be someone at the airport that we can get in touch with as well for, for some more information. But thank you very much for your question. We've got a lovely comment from Veena. Had my first vaccination on Saturday at South End Hospital, excellent service. Thanks for that, Vina, and I'm glad you got your first vaccination. That's great news. The next question is from Angela. A friend who is under 70 went with her husband to get his vaccine. They took her number and called her later and gave her the vaccine from what was left over. Is there a reserve list? Yeah, so we've got, uh, interesting Angela, we've got a number of reserve lists depending where you are uh, and where, 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 which centre you are attending. And uh, so as much as possible, we try to invite people in if there are people who didn't come up for the vaccine um, or there were more vaccine uh, taken out on the day uh, than, than anticipated in terms of the numbers of people. Uh, then what we'll then do is they, they will for, call, call the list uh, and draw people in. So if they can't get any patients coming in, uh, or it's too late, there's only 30 or 40 minutes left uh, before, before they, they, they can use the, the vaccine, then they will look at the next list. So sometimes we have people who are frontline staff, for example. Uh, so we are easy to access them. We say, look, you, you, can, you, can you be here within 10 minutes because we've got to use these vaccines up? Then you may have you know, five or six or seven or 10 vaccines left and you use it that way. So there is no wastage. We have been pushing for this, that there should be no wastage of the vaccine. So always have a plan B. So just just people, normal people like myself, can't go on that um, reserve list. It's it's being reserved for quite rightly for frontline staff and people like that. Yeah. 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 So we, what we've done is we we got a list of people in the first four cohorts because you can still invite other people over the age of seventy in the last minute if they can get there. If they can't, then we've got other people who are deemed to be at risk, including those who are clinically extremely vulnerable. Then we try and get them in. So it's depending how many people can get there. Right. You know, I'll be honest with you, Angela, there are some clinics that have been running an hour over just so that they can get people in and use the vaccine. Wow. So, so you know, good. big credit to, to the staff for doing that. Yeah. I don't Thank know you. how to do it. I'll be honest with you, all these long shifts, uh, I think I would be. Mm. Thank you. Thanks for that, Angela. The next question is from Reg. Reg is a volunteer at the hospital and had their first vaccine dose in January. And they ask, do I still have to wait 12 weeks before I can receive the second dose? Yeah, uh, definitely, Reg. I think what is important is uh, we give the first dose of the vaccine to as many people as possible. 
we know that uh, when you get the second dose, you, you, it's even more um, efficacy. There's more efficacy and more efficient in terms of it, the, the vaccine working. Uh, but if we can give it uh, the first dose to as many people who have risk as possible, then it gives them a good level of protection. And that's why we're trying to drive that. That's why we've stopped uh, doing uh, a second vaccine. Brilliant, thank you. The next question is from Roz, and I think it might need something following up with this, Simon. What is the local provision for helping people with long COVID? Is there specialist clinics in Southeast Essex? No, I don't, I don't believe we've got a specialist clinic currently because everyone who is suffering from long COVID will be going through their, through their GPs. Uh, I suspect there will be uh, additional services being brought in. But what would be probably good is that we'll take this back to our colleague in the NHS to see if we can get a more definitive plan of what uh, we will have going forward as well. Thank you, Krishna. Roz, I'll email you outside of the meeting once we've found out some more information for you. But thank you very much for that question. I think it's going to be very relevant moving forward. Got the next question is from Pat. Is there a website where one can find what test sites are actually open on any day? And Simon or Emma will be able to pop that in the chat for you, Pat. Um, you can find that information on the council's website, I believe. The next comment in the chat is from Joan Brown. She's from Southend Carers. Unpaid carers are in group six for receiving the vaccination if they are not already in a higher priority group. GP surgeries can be inundated with unpaid carers contacting their surgery to check they hold their details as a carer. Southend carers are willing to work with the GP practices and helping to manage this solution. I think that'll be really good, Joan. I think uh, if we could uh, potentially see if we can get this message to Simon Williams, uh, who is yeah, the, I think he will be welcome that because he's been very clear and we've been, I know we've been giving the message out. If you are not registered as a carer, you must make sure you do that. But I appreciate it's going to be, it's going to cause a bit of a deluge for the practices. So if there is a way you can help that, we're really helpful. So we'll, uh, Roger, can you get in touch with Simon? Yeah. Yeah, fun. absolutely. Thanks for that, Joan. Yeah. Uh, so Roger, can I make a comment about the, um, uh, the, the bit that we talk about allergic reaction, which I've just seen Simon uh, drop? Yeah, in. of course. Yeah. Uh, okay, so so we are going to update this uh, because uh, I've been doing some work in the last two days trying to uh, investigate what uh, new decision has been made. Um, we've got something called the Green Book, which is our national immunization book. It tells us what, what you should be doing with uh, different vaccines. Um, so this information currently on the uh, Essex COVID vaccine website and on the EPUT vaccine website is going to be immediately updated. So if you have had an allergic reaction in the past, uh, you can actually have either of the two vaccines currently. Yeah, so that's been trial and tested now. Uh, so you can have those and it will be dependent on the GP advising you which one you should be going to have. So just in case anyone here want to know about this. So if you're unsure about it, you, even if you are somebody who carries an EpiPen, so if you have a, had a anaphylactic shock before, uh, you can still have the vaccine. So it will be dependent on which bit of the ingredient in either vaccine, the Pfizer or the AstraZeneca, that you may be reacting to, and then you will get the other one. So it's the alternative, uh, but that is a clinical decision. So they can advise you where to go to for you for that specific vaccine. 
So that, that information is going to be updated, Roger. Brilliant. Thank you, Krishna. Robert, I can see you've got your hand up. I'm going to come to you next after the, the next question. OK, thank you. The next question, Krishna, is from Peter at Shubri Residents Association. We constantly tell members to wait to be called for their vaccine, but we have many who say their wife has been given the jab, but they are stage three COP and have not been called. Can we say all these residents will be invited before the 15th of February? Yeah, so anybody who is on the uh, uh, clinically extremely vulnerable group are in, uh, are in group four. Uh, and uh, they will, so they will be invited. Uh, it's, it's, it's one of those things, you can't even coordinate some of the challenges we've got because we're trying to get as many people as we can based on age or, or their, uh, their, the vulnerability that they are under. Uh, so it's a bit of a shame that, you know, you've got one member of the family who is going for one because of the age group, one going because of being clinically vulnerable, but it, people will get it. So the first four group, that's the plan is to finish by the 14th. And as I said earlier, if there's been no disruption to the current supply of the vaccine, that should happen. Brilliant, thank you, Krishna. Robert, can we come to you for your question, please? Yeah. For people with learning disabilities and the elderly, how old, when will they get their vaccination? So is that when will people with learning disabilities yeah. get their vaccination, Robert? I think that should be the first priority on the list. Uh, get their vaccination. Yeah, uh, interesting, Robert. Is is one of those groups that we've also uh, brought up. Uh, like we we've looked at homelessness. We've looked at people and um, the the teachers. Like the other question we had earlier. So there there are a number of groups we have put together uh, to to the regional team to ask them to reconsider those. But I'll be honest with you, the way things are going, we are about ten days away from finishing the first four groups. Uh, so I suspect by the time they made a decision as to wh where we need to be going, we should be seeing some of those other high groups being included in group five and six. So, but, you know, I am not the one making the decision. We can only, um, uh, you know, make a plea and, and, and the government to consider those things. Okay, thank you. Thanks for your question, Robert. And we are holding a specific session next Friday. Um, around um, COVID and a conversation for people. What time is that, Roger? Well, you're testing me there, Robert. Simon will put a link in the chat for you. I believe it's 10 to 11, but we'll double right. check that for you. Okay. It's on our Eventbrite page. But thanks for your question. Krishna, Maria asks, how long is the vaccination effective for? Uh, so currently we don't know, Maria. We are still waiting to hear. Uh, as you know, it's a new vaccine. So, uh, so there are areas where they've been tested uh, uh, longer than here, uh, that, than in the UK. So hopefully we will get start getting some answers. Uh, the, the expectation would be as a minimum at least six to 12 months. That is what we expect the vaccine to, to last. Uh, but until we finish that review, we're not going to know for certain. We're already talking about making sure that going forward we have what we call an annual vaccine. And I'm hoping it's only going to be an annual vaccine, not one that we need to do every six months. Uh, so when we have uh, more information, we will communicate this out to the wider population as well. Thank you, Krishna. We've got one more question in the chat from Keith. So I would urge anyone else with a question to, to pop it in so we can uh, get that answered for you before the end of the session. 
the question from Keith is, I had my vaccine and my full-time carer, who's my wife under 70, was with me due to not being able to get there myself. She asked if there was any way she could be vaccinated as if she was to go down with COVID, I would have no carer. She was told there is no provision for full-time carers to get herself vaccinated. Why did I hear that some are offered and some are not? Following on from that, she is my registered carer with both government and doctors. Yeah, so I, I suspect it's because they didn't get picked up to be invited for that, for that group on the day. Uh, so on the day, we are not vaccinating people on the day unless the, there's been a list of people. So that's why we said we got the, I think Jacqueline asked the question earlier, you know, how you, do you manage this? So we got the list, a plan B list. Uh, so these people are already pre-booked on the list. So it's easy to enter the information. What we don't want to be doing is uh, not having the right information on the system because we're already running two separate systems in managing this. And it's important we don't make the mistake uh, of not recording the information. So, so I hope that uh, they will also be invited soon to, uh, to get the vaccine. Thank you, Krishna. The next question is from Phyllis. Phyllis, I might need you to help me with this one a little bit, because I'm not sure about one of the abbreviations you've put. Phyllis asks, can I be forced to travel to SA in March when my booster back is due end of March? I was going to guess at South Africa, but I don't know if that's going to be right, Phyllis. Oh, is that is right. Okay, so your question would be, um, should you wait to travel to South Africa until after your vaccination? Yeah. Oh. Um, can I speak? Yeah, of course, yeah. What has happened, I uh, was due to go last May, but obvious because of COVID, I put it off. And then there was no lockdown, so I booked for March um, next month. They now say if I change again, um, I'm going to pay. My family's going to pay all that money. So I don't know what rights I have. Yeah, so, so yeah, it, it is challenging because this is more of a uh, of an issue with your with, with the travel agency, isn't it, or, or your travel company? So um, unfortunately, if um, if it is a choice element here, is whether you you could get a second booster vaccine before you go or not. Um, and I can't. I'm not sure. I know the answer to this one, Phyllis. Um, I think uh, the it's not about whether they'll force you to travel. It's about you will have probably no choice if you did travel. You'll have had to pay the cost of uh, of rebooking your flights or whatever it may be. So. Uh, I'm afraid it is a difficult one. Uh, it could be something that you try and negotiate with them on the basis that you're waiting for your vaccine and it's goodwill, isn't it? It's going to have to be goodwill. I don't think there's going to be a straightforward answer to this one, Phyllis. Good luck with that one, Phyllis. The next question is from Katie. Do you think you will open to the next two groups at the same time or over 65s first, as the 60 plus group also includes so many adults? Yeah, so I suspect it, it would probably, uh, we will have to go th for a number of cohort. It would not just be, you know, we go to five, we go to six. I reckon it's going to be a number of people because we're opening the large vaccination centre as well as, you know, we've opened uh, the Cliffs uh, Theatre. So I suspect uh, we will just go with whatever is there. But it's not, it's not really dependent on capacity locally. It's depending on how many vaccines we get. 
you know, so, so the sooner we get the third vaccine, the Moderna vaccine, obviously the quicker for us to move that. Uh, but currently we are focusing on, on trying to, um, to increase production for the Oxford vaccine, the AstraZeneca vaccine. So we don't um, have that shortage. Uh, so we'll, we'll wait and see what's coming up. So, you know, I, I do not have a crystal ball on this one, I'm afraid. Thank you for your question, Katie. Ron asks, in the event that annual vaccination is required, would this be given as a dual vaccine with the flu vaccine? Um, so Ron, I think there are two things here. Uh, you, you're asking two separate questions here. Is it going to be a dual vaccine? I, I don't think at this stage it will be a dual vaccine. That is, you've got two vaccines into one vaccine. Uh, a bit like we do MMR, you've got three, three different um, uh, vaccines within one. Um, but what we are being made clear currently is it's looking very likely that if you go for your flu vaccine, you can also receive your uh, your COVID vaccine on the day. Uh, and funny enough, it was, as I said, that we had the flu vaccine meeting this week. Um, and the conversation is we're going to have to wait for the evidence to tell us what we can do or can't do. I am hoping, like you, there is no reason why we couldn't do both vaccines at the same time. Um, but obviously you are pushing the body to respond to, 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 to these two vaccines on the same day. Um, so I'm hoping that whatever new vaccine comes in is going to be uh, easier to use alongside the flu vaccine so we can do that. Otherwise, you can envisage the challenge we can have to vaccine, vaccinate so many people for, for these two and then run them and bring them back in. So it's, ideally, I like to think we can do it on the same day. Brilliant, thank you, Krishna, and thanks for that, Ron. The final question that I've got down, Krishna, is a follow-on from Keith, who was asking about his wife being his full-time carer. Following on from your reply, how do they, full-time carer, get on this list as we are not recorded as wanting the vaccine due to the circumstances? Uh, so, um, so I might be missing something here, Keith. So what do you mean by due to the circumstances? Is, could I'm just you... trying to find Keith. Hi, Keith. Where's my hand? Oh, hi, Keith. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, well, it was, I had my vaccine, obviously, the wife was there. We asked him at the time how she could get vaccine because of the, the circumstances as she could get down with COVID. Um, and we weren't even suggested, nothing was suggested, well, we could put you on the list, we could, this could be done, that could be done. It was basically, no, you're under 70, you can't have it done. Okay, so Keith, if, um, is, is, is your wife a registered carer? Yes, with the government, she gets carer's allowance and she's registered with my own, doc our own doctor. Yeah, so, so the list for those who are carers is, is drawn up. It's a question, as I said, it's a question of when they will be inviting those people on the list again very much depending on where they get when they get the vaccine next delivered for the next list of people they've drawn up Keith so every as I said everybody's just drawn out there is no systematic way of doing it so you don't know who's going to get which one as long as they are within the group right okay thanks thanks for that um, Keith we've got one final comment from Pat which I think is a lovely way to finish the conversation Pat says we had first jabs at Highland surgery it was very efficient and well run thank you thank you for that Pat that's great to hear and for once we're ahead of time Krishna 
good. If everyone's okay, I'm going to take this opportunity to do um, a mini sales pitch for a couple of things. It'll only take me a couple of minutes and then I'll hand back to Krishna to, to close the session. So some of you may have already um, heard about these things, so I appreciate your patience. The first, first thing is um, our Community Connector Programme, which is a project we set up at the beginning of the, the COVID outbreak to allow us to share important up-to-date information from the council and the NHS with community leaders or with those of the community that are particularly engaged or are able to share information out. So basically it's a, a mailing list that you sign up to and we then send out a weekly newsletter with lots of useful information and updates. But it's also a way for you to feed back into the process, um, tell us about your experiences and it's a very similar process and, and kind of vibe to the, this meeting here today. So we'd welcome anyone to sign up to that. I'll be sharing this in the email after the event today. And the second thing is with Krishna's public health team at the council, which is the new health and wellbeing community panel. And this is an opportunity for you all to uh, kind of be part of a group that has a voice in representing the diverse communities in South End and for you to feed into decisions and, and the way that services are designed. So there's an email address there that you're welcome to email to take part in. And again, I'll share this information in the email after the event. But from me, I'd like to say thank you very much for joining us today. It's great to see so many people on the call. Um, a big thank you to Simon and Emma and Katie for their support. And I will hand over to Krishna to close. Thank you, Roger. Uh, for me as well, a big thank you to Roger and the team uh, for organizing these events. Um, it's really good to hear uh, what people uh, have got to say, but also the um, uh, listening to some of your concerns, be able to take back uh, what we need to be doing. So I think we've got one issue outstanding. I would pick that up in terms of the um, vaccination center in uh, Shubri and feedback to, to Roger. Uh, so from me, a, a plea, um, uh, please um, uh, not not just for yourselves, but uh, for your family and your friends, uh, get the message out for us about um, uh, how important it is uh, to do regular um, uh, LFT testing, uh, how important it is to take up the vaccine program as well. And uh, if there are any uh, uh, you know, uh, suggestions uh, or ways that we can reach and support people better in the community, so please tell us uh, and, and communicate with Roger so that we can use our communication engagement group to uh, better engage and work with the wider community. Uh, so we, we are hearing there's a, 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 a level of hesitancy to take up the, uh, the vaccine in the community. So whatever you can help to support us with that, you know, will be very, very welcome uh, going forward. Keep following the rules um, and keep to the, uh, to the motto about, you know, hand, face and space, because the more we do this, um, the more things will improve. And for anyone who doubts, the how valuable hands, face and space has been. Just ask yourself, how many people do you know who's had the flu this year? Because we've all been doing these things, it's reduced the, uh, the level of flu in the community. So I don't think I've ever seen such little flu uh, transmission in the community. So if we can keep those things going, we can keep the virus at bay. Uh, do not let down your guard. Keep going, you know, we've got to keep working on this. Uh, it's going to be a, a long battle, but we will win it. 
because there is technology for us to do that but there's also the will and that will is you guys you know we we can i can i can write strategies or i can put things in place but if i can't get your support uh, we won't achieve anything so a big thank you for everyone for being here today and uh, and i wish you all a good weekend thank you everyone